welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. Hebrews chapter 1. God, who at various times in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us by his son. You know, till we started Hebrew, I didn't realize how the son, say the son. Interesting. Say the son. I didn't realize how the son, S-O-N, is so central to understanding the Bible. So central to understanding God. Not just Messiah, not just Jesus, the Son. Oh, the Son immediately points us to the second person of the Godhead. But, Pastor, I have a question. Why must God decide to divide himself into three? Why doesn't Jesus do what he would do as God and decided to divide? God has never divided himself into three. Some said, oh, just like the way water has different, uh, depending on the temperature, different states. So the, the solid state of water is what? Ice. Ice. Say ice. ice. And, and then water in its liquid state is water. Do you know the chemical composition of ice? Chemical composition? Are you sure? Yes. Is it the same chemical composition as the normal water? Is it the same chemical composition as steam? Yeah. Chemical composition, H2O. Okay. So why are there different... The, the temperature determines the state. People say that the God also, sometimes he's like gas. Sometimes, depending on the temperature. The way water also, depending on the subject. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's not like that. Don't compare God to... Yeah, if you have a block of ice, it's the same volume. Of the content is the same, just melt. So it's not like the ice has melted and it's become water, and then the other ice is still there. So the water and the ice can communicate. And then no, it's the same that has just changed forms or states. Christ is the second person of the Godhead. The Godhead means God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The necessity, listen, this is a very strong one, which many Christians don't know. I discovered that through research recently because how do I say many Christians don't? The Trinity is necessary because of God's economy of salvation. Can I say that again? The Trinity is necessary for the purposes of God's economy. When you say God's economy, economy, that's God's program, okay? God's administration. God's, another word for economy is dispensation. All right? God's plan is that like simply God's plan. So the, why, why the need for Trinity? Just because of God's plan for redemption or for salvation. So, so then God decided to, to save us. God decided to create us. All right. So the, the plan, oh, listen to this thing. Oh, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you. Watch this. The plan of redemption, the plan of salvation... It's not just because of the fall of Adam. 
when we talk about the plan of redemption, it's to, it has to do with the purpose of creation. Purpose of creation, God created man for a certain purpose. Man fell, and so the, uh, God came, Jesus came to die to redeem us back to God. But it's always there because God has, the reason why God created you and I is so that he will put himself into us. That's why when we create a breath into man and then give man food to eat and he showed him what food not to eat even though some of us from indications if you are in Adam you are even even done worse than Adam did because there are some things you are not supposed to eat but you've been eating them every time. <laughs> so right from the beginning of creation, not, uh, uh, from the beginning man, man has been given dietary guidance, <laughs> restrictions. By its lack of dietary discipline, mm. I'm, I'm just tri- I'm trivializing it to a certain extent, but it's not so much dietary, but as it has to do with submission to God's obedience. It's not diet so much as it is to obedience. Yeah. That's why Jesus came to obey. Mm. Right. So, now, God the Son, God the Son is God the Son because of the original plan of God for humanity. God has always planned to put himself in us so that we and God will be mingled into one. So God looks at us as his creation and we reflect him. But watch this, watch this. No creation can contain the creature. You can't create something, you can't make something, and the thing is the same as you. Other than the pictures you've been drawing. It doesn't matter how wonderful an artist you, uh, you are. You can never draw something for it to become your son. Or you are believing God for a child. I don't, I don't have to marry. I just draw one, it will begin to live. It will be restricted in so many ways. Anything you make can be greater than you. In many ways. Even when you give birth to a child, the child, doesn't matter how old he grows, he can't be greater than you in a certain sense because you forever, that relationship you share with that child is father and son relationship forever. Forever remains like that. If the child has another child, like you are a grandfather, so if they have four children, you have a grandfather of four children. He's just a father of four children. You are a grandfather. Yeah, the relationship never changes. So anything that comes of you. So, but, so God can create us for us to be like him. Like to contain, we can't contain. In fact, he said, he said the heavens are your food, so the whole world cannot contain you. In, in the book of Acts chapter 17, he said, it is not possible that human hands can build a tabernacle for God to be in. So when God told David, I'm going to build a tabernacle, he wasn't talking about physical temple because you can't build a physical temple and expect God to come in. It's, I think it's, uh, it's in uh, um, Acts chapter 17, verse 23 or somewhere there. He says it's not possible for creatures, for us to create something. He said the, 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 the whole earth is your footstool. So you can't build me a house. God told David, your son will build a house. David wanted to build him a house. He said, no, it's not my plan for you to build a house. One from your loins. The son. But the son he spoke about is not talking about Solomon. Mm, 
money didn't have what it took. That's why Jesus said, I'll build my church. But the reason why God blessed David and said that you will be the one to carry the church builder or my house builder is because David, when he was very comfortable, in the day of his comfort, you have to be careful how you think in the day of your comfort, you know. When you are struggling, it's very easy to be humble. Well, struggling people are humble. What I'm trying to say is that when in your day of comfort, that's when we find what is in you. In your day of comfort. In your day of pressure to a lot of things that are in you begin to come up. Because by your day of need, when you are really in need, when you are sick, you receive the prayer like that. And we say, Shiloh, you come. After a while, when you are very comfortable, and now you are earning six-figure salary. You are, you are, you are earning six-figure six salary, and you have people to be commanding, and you, then suddenly you say, oh, we have been commanded that we are fasting. You say, oh, what fasting? These boys don't understand all this kind of... You see, the body works in a certain way. The, 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 body, the body works in a certain way and you cannot allow the body to go too long without food. When you are looking for a wife, you fasted 40 days. Yeah. Dry fasting. Dry fasting. You were willing to do all that. Have you seen a house growing before? Houses don't grow. But according to Ephesians chapter Growing to yeah, chapter 2, verse 20, and I think 21. It talks about be, being built on the way we, we grow up into a holy house. All right, it talks about being built upon a positive. Look at verse 21 uh, uh, who we will build, fitted together, grows into a holy temple. You know, the, we are a house. Go to verse 20 and see. Verse 20 it talks about having been built, we. Okay, go to verse 19, just household of God. So now, therefore, we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens and saints and members of what? God's household. We are God's household. Go to verse 20, 20, being built. So we are being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The things that apostles taught is what we are supposed to be continuing in. The things that the prophets spoke about, all about Messiah, that's what is our foundation as a church. Okay. We are being built on these foundations. Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Everything hinges on him. Watch this. Go to the verse 21. In whom, in whom, in Christ also, who, the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple. Buildings don't grow, but this kind of building grows. And when the building finishes growing, do you know what it becomes? It becomes a city called New Jerusalem. So it's, God started with a garden. But his plan was to get the city. And he said that, I saw the city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, being adorned, prepared like a bride for his groom. A city is a bride, and we are, and the lamb is the groom. The city and the church is a bride of the lamb. In Revelation, go and go, find time and read it. All right, so back to what I started. I've said a lot of things in this short time. A lot, of, a lot of heavy theological stuff. But the point I'm making here is that 
God's plan is to build a house. So when David said, I want to build your house, God said, no, you can't build me a house. But you know what? For the fact that it has entered your heart, because in your day of comfort, you said, no, I'm comfortable. I want to make sure God's temple is better. So I want to be, God said, David, you can't build me a house. Second Samuel chapter 7. You can't build me a house. You can't build me a house. David, David, since this one has entered your heart, I'm telling you from verse 12, Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, said, I'm telling you, I'm going to build your house. I'm going to build your house. So verse 13, go to verse 13. So I'm going to build your house. And then, and then and when your days are fulfilled, I'll raise a son after you. And he said, is there a son that will build me a house? Now, that son he spoke about, that's what Paul was talking about, that Solomon didn't build that temple. The temple Solomon built is not what God was talking about. It's the church. He's talking about Christ himself will come and build. Now, are you getting it? So the son is the builder of the house. Let's all say that together. And so the son is the son because of the economy of God. Now you see where I started from. The program of God for him, for him to live in us, it cannot happen outside of the son. Trinity exists for God's economy, not God's nature. God's nature is one. So now when you read the Bible and you come across the son, take particular notice of it, especially Hebrews. I noticed he spoke a lot about the son. So right from the beginning, opening comments of Hebrew, in Hebrews, he says that God in various times, in, in various ways, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Who here, by what? His son, that, that has come there, started in Hebrew. God, and then there were some prophets. And I said, God has changed this. The, the prophets are not better than his son. That in this verse, they're spoken to us by his son. Then he goes on to talk about the son. He said, who, you remember? Who he, who he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he, uh, he made the worlds. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10, talks about how by you, you laid the foundations of the earth. Okay, for it's fitting for him. For whom are all things, and by whom are all all, all things, in bringing many sons to, okay, I think it's chapter, chapter, chapter 1, verse 10, rather. He laid the foundation of the earth. All right, chapter 1, verse 10, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10, he laid the foundation. So Christ is, he said, uh, and you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation. That's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he laid the foundation of the earth. So by whom all things were created. Now, why was, is Hebrews so particular about the son? Because this is, this is, I'm going to say something I haven't said so far, which should have come, I should have said earlier in the opening comments of Hebrew. If you want to really have a better grasp of the New Testament, and you don't have much time, and you have to read just one or two books, the books you, are, you should read, you have to read to get a better grasp of the New Testament, is Romans, Ephesians, and Hebrews. These three books. Because these three books tell us kind of summary, give us a summary, a better grasp of the New Testament. In what way? They are a summary of a verse in the Old Testament. The other three books are a summary of a verse in the Old Testament. And the verse, sometimes seven words, but usually you can talk about it's six words. All the time it was quoted in the New Testament, three times it was quoted, it takes six words, six words. In the Old Testament, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, it was quoted with seven words. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Just a, just a, it's not a whole verse, just a phrase. There. It says that, but the just, 
Say the just. The just. She shall live. By his faith. How many ways? The just. The just too. Shall live for. Shall live for. By five. His. Six. Faith. Seven. But all the times was quoted in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. He said the just shall live by faith. Let's all say the just shall live by faith. That is that way. That that verse is what provoked the reformation. Martin Luther discovered, ah, it's all, that's all. The, the New Testament hinges on that. Can you imagine? And Romans, Ephesians, and Hebrews are a summary, or, or not a summary, they are, an, they are an exposition. Now, every one of them takes two, two, two verses. So Romans focuses on the just. Say the just. Yes. That's why it tells you how you become justified before God. Roman is all about. And then Ephesians tells you, shall live. How a Christian lives. In Ephesians, that's when it tells us how we should live in the church, how we should live as husbands and wives, how we should relate to our, our family members, how we should relate to the authorities, our employers. Those of you who have been stealing from your employers, how we should relate to our employers and how we should relate to the government. It's very interesting. It starts with what Christ has done for us, then tells us how you should live. So Ephesians chapter 1 to chapter 3 talks about what God has done. Ephesians chapter 4 to chapter 6 talks about how you should live based on that. So the just shall live. Say shall live. And say by faith. So the two, last two words, by faith. Hebrews tells us faith, all about faith. Pastor, you know I didn't know that. Tells us how to live by faith. Now, you can't live by faith if you don't have a revelation of the object of faith. Now, the object of our faith is Christ. Listen, when it comes to faith, it's not quantity is not necessary. I need more faith. You don't need more faith. They came to Jesus. They said, Master, increase our faith. He said, you don't need an increase in faith. If you have faith as little as a mustard seed. I think that's in Mark chapter 5 verse 6 or Luke 5, Luke 6, 5. I think it should be Mark. Mark 5, 6 somewhere there. They said, they said, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus said, if you have faith like a mustard seed. So it's not the quantity you need. It's the quality you need. And the quality of your faith has everything to do with your estimation, understanding, appropriation of the object of your faith. What your faith is based on is what determines the strength of your faith. Why do you think I stood on this chair? I knew that the chair is strong enough. If it was weak, I wouldn't have stood on it. So my confidence in the chair is based on my understanding of the strength of the chair. So the value of your faith, because faith is about the son. He's the object of our faith. And so for you to have strong faith, you have to have a strong perception, perspective, understanding of the son. So... If you, if, if, you, if you don't know the son, your faith is really weak. Pastor, last week I quoted, I don't know why I like quoting this scripture. I feel like bouncing before I quote it. <laughs> he said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come because I, as long as it is you. Peter, when he walked on water, the first time ever, any human being apart from Jesus walked on water is because of his faith in the Jesus. 
who told him, come on the water. Don't say, I want to have more faith. You don't need more faith. You need quality faith. Quantity is not necessary when it comes to faith. It's a quality. The fineness of your faith. And the fineness of your faith has everything to do with your understanding, your perception, your revelation about Christ. It's the son. Say the son. And so Hebrews opens up with saying that God in times past now is ministering to us, now is speaking to us, spoken to us by the Son, who, verse 2, verse 2, in a, speaking to us, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds. Verse 3, verse 3, whom being the brightness of his glory, God is glorious. But how would you see? It takes Christ to see the brightness of God's glory. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of I've discovered that the word translated his person. 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 Say, someone say person. Person. The express. When you read some different translation, I don't know what translation you got. Has anybody got a translation that uses a different word than person? It's hard to find. His person. His person. His person. Now, the, 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 last week I told you the word translated as person also means his essence. Like, what is God? The, the, the substance of God. The, you know, if this, so what is God? The tangibility of God is expressed in Christ. The Greek word translated person, Pastor, I found out, is the same Greek word translated now. Faith is the substance. The same hopustasis. The the, the substance of faith. The substance, okay? So the substance of God, the person of God, Christ, is the immediate expression of the substance of God. The, The person of God, the essence of God. Who God, watch this, who God really is. Do we know your substance? There are times, some of you, I know in your houses, you have some wonderful flowers, but those flowers never grow. They never shrink. They never die. They don't need water. Amazing flowers. They are eternal. They are like they are eternal. Wonderful flowers. The substance of those flowers are synthetic. It's something that is not natural. So if you want to know the quality of a thing, check the substance. Do you, do you know why that shoe couldn't stand the rain? <laughs> Okay, it's raining. You take your, your jacket out in the rain and you come, the jacket is so soaked. And then they, they took the dry cleaner and said, we can't do anything about the thing again because it's gone. Meanwhile, someone also takes, goes on the rain, comes back, and the same thing is fine. Because the substances are different. This is, this, this is um, wool. And the other one is actually... <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking about the quality. I'm talking about rain jacket. Rain jacket, yeah. nylon or something. It's, it's, it's meant for, it's what it has to do with the substance. And the Bible says Christ is, he is the substance. The act, when you want to talk about God, God, he is the immediate substance, the expression of God's substance. Why did he have to come and be a person, a, a second person to die? Why did he have to? Because he had to come, according to 2 Timothy chapter I, chapter 1 verse, oh, James chapter 1 verse, oh yeah, that's good. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, he talks about, hey, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 talks about who 
has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and his grace, which he has given to us in Christ before time began. See, Christ, it, it all has to do with the God's economy. He is a son because of God. All this thing was given to us in Christ. Right. Not, not in God. God gave it to us. In, it takes Christ to experience God. So, Bible says that he, Jesus Christ being the express image of his person. Let me finish this text. Who being the express image of his person <laughs> upholds all things by the word of his power. How many of you have heard about centrifugal force. And we are told by science that we are living on, a, on an earth. We, you should be flying away. <laughs> One day you are driving your car, you are gone because the whole thing is going around and it propels us away from the center. Anything that moves round or spins moves objects away from the center of the rotation. This is just science 101. <laughs> do, do you understand that? But Bible says that, listen, listen, listen. He upholds all things by the word of his. When he said, let them be, 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 be. He's spoken and he keeps everything together. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, he said, he upholds all things by the I put it on this by the word of his power. That's why your heart has not decided to pump blood reverse. Like the way we used to have this record players. Show your power, oh Lord, show your power. Show, oh, you know that, that, or some of you, when your CD gets scratched. The reason why your life is not running like a scratched CD is because it sustains all things by the word of his power. That's why it takes a word to heal. He said he sent his word and healed them. Because when something goes out of order, it takes a word. Because he sustains, upholds all things by the word of his power. This is the sound we are talking about. But I want to end quickly. Uh, on, put it back on the screen. Hebrews chapter 1 verse, verse 3. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Huh? You remember last week? Who when he had by himself... Perch our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty. The world is in chaos because of sin. There is a force. What I spoke about, the word of his power, there is force. Say there is a force. There's a force. Scientists keep searching, searching, then they come to the conclusion there is a force, but they can't name it. There's a force somewhere. Recently, they, they, they said they are looking for the, the hex boson. The hex boson. That thing, that thing that caused the... Big bang, that thing, that thing. There must be a force somewhere. Something must have started something. No, no, they can't be God, can't be God. So what is this? There's something, something, there's something. And what started that thing? Where that something, where did that something come from? They come and come, go and go, and they come to a brick wall and there's still something, but we don't want to call it God. When you don't know God, when you speak, there's a lot of nonsense that is inside it. If you don't have God, you have a very uncertain future. He sustains all things, or he opposes all things by the word of his power. And he says that after he, who by himself, after he has purged us from our sins, sat down. You remember Sita's son? Yeah. That's a lot already, so. 
And then verse 4. Let me just end there. I'm just, let's read that statement. What does, let's all read from verse 4. Let's read the verse 4. What does it say? Obtain a more excellent name. Oh, man. Lord have mercy. He has become more better. I said, having become so much better. Remember Hebrews, the overriding word in Hebrews. There are 13 betters in the, in the book of Hebrews. Better, 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 better. Something was good, but Christ is better. Something was good, but the son is better. This was good. So he started, watch this quickly. Let me, the reason why I'm ending on this one. So he started with God. Now, in those times, there is a higher estimation of angels. Those days, angels, so even people believe that Archangel Michael and Archangel Gabriel were in the same class as Jesus. Oh, no, sorry, the Messiah who was coming. They, they had uh, some grandiose, wonderful es, es, um, estimation of angels. Because to be honest, amongst all the created things, angels are higher. Among all the created, they, 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 they work with God directly, they stand in his presence. Bible says they are his ministry spirits. He, you have made your angels spirits. Spirits, some verses said, look at verse 6. I'm going ahead of it. You have made your angels spirits, or you have made them wind. You have made them wind. Some verses says wind, other verses spirit. But verse 7, verse 7, look at verse 7. He said, Your angels, you have, who have made his angels spirits, and, his, and they are ministers of flaming fire. Wind and fire. One, two of the most destructive things on our earth, which when it's not controlled, it can destroy so much, but it's always necessary to have. The angels are wind and flaming fire. They are, they are, they are amazing. And so the estimation of angels has always been high. Then they, he said, Hebrews, listen, Hebrews, listen, the sun. It's higher than angels. It's better, more excellent. Put it on the screen again, verse 4. Verse 4. Verse 4 says that become, who, uh, having become so much better than the angels. Then he said that because he has, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent excellent name than them. Then you look at the argument. I'll look at the argument, verse 5. You look at the argument. For which of the angels did did he ever say, you are my son? He never told an angel, you are a son? For which of the, this was quoting, right from, right from Psalm 2 verse 7. Which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son? Today, I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father and I shall be to me a son. No, angels don't have that qualification. Angel, by say son. Son. Jesus is the son. Yes. He's the son. He's the son of God. I told you who is the son. The son is the expresser. The one who expresses God. Angels don't come close to him. Even though, but I know, I know, I know what a scripture that will come to your mind. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 13. I, I suspected that scripture will come to somebody's mind. He said, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or what is the son of man that you take of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. Having, uh, uh, for you have crowned him with glory and honor. Set him over the of your, uh, of your hands. All right. Um, look, verse 5 says that, for he has not put the worlds to come of which we speak in subjecting to angels. But one testified in a certain place saying, okay, 
What is man that? So Jesus became man. Watch this. This is very important. When he became man, his status dropped as man. So he took on the manly restrictions. So as it were, he, he, was, he came lower than angels in his manliness, being a man. Because angels are spirit beings. They are flaming fire. Are you getting what I'm saying? But then he inherited a name which is higher than the angels. He inherited a name, a son. Jesus is the son of God. And guess what? He's not the only one. Verse 5 talks about Jesus is the firstborn. And I'll show you what it means to be the firstborn. And in what way is he the firstborn? Because the angels are not borns. They are created. So first of all, he started talking about how Jesus, the way God is reaching out to us through Jesus better than the way the prophets. And then number two, Jesus Christ is higher. It's much better than the angels in Hebrews. So he started talking about the angels and he's going to bring it down from angels. He's going to go to Moses. From Moses, he's going to go to the high priestly office of Aaron. From Aaron, he's going to go to the sacrifices of and it's every one of them is going to show you. You strip it naked and say, you see, look at Jesus. Jesus is better than this one. Okay, which one? Bring this one to strip it and look at Jesus. Jesus is better. This one to strip it and Jesus. Then he tell you that now put your faith in Jesus. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, did you receive? Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.